0: Leah and Iman are friends who grew up in the Chicago community of Rogers Park. In 2020, they started an Instagram account called Residents of Rogers Park, where they post profiles of Rogers Park residents whom they've interviewed. So I want to start by talking about your background. What was your experience of growing up in Rogers Park like, Leah?
1: I think it's hard for me to really describe it or encapsulate it in a word or a phrase, which is always very hard for me when people ask that question. But I think it was a very inviting neighborhood to grow up in, a neighborhood that was really welcoming and very community-oriented. In essence, it didn't really feel like I lived in a city. Sometimes just because I was able to roam around freely over this like three block span where I had all my friends, I had my school, my family knew all our neighbors. So it felt like everyone was watching over us as kids in a way. And to also grow up with a level of just acceptance that I don't think a lot of other people from other areas of the city or even the country or maybe even sometimes the world, it really depends, have just because we were always exposed to people of all different types of backgrounds, whether it's like economic backgrounds, religious backgrounds, cultural backgrounds. And that's just something that I think a lot of people don't get sometimes until later in life, whether it's because they move to a different place or they end up going to college somewhere where they're just exposed to more. But I feel like I just had that early on and I didn't even realize that it was so-called exposure until I was older. And I realized that that was something that was a little bit abnormal for people growing up. And that my growing up experience is unique in that way like I look back at it very fondly and I think it's made me the person I am today
0: and what was your experience of growing up in the neighborhood of like man?
2: I would begin by echoing Leah's point about having been very community-based. I felt like if I, for some reason, like couldn't reach a parent or like a grandparent, I could easily have somebody in the community, whether it was a neighbor, a teacher, like a piano teacher, or just like someone that we made friends with, like somebody was always there for us as kids in a very like not creepy and normal way. And I think that was special too, to feel so safe, because once I got to high school, I had just started hearing a lot of like rumbles about like Rogers Park being unsafe and having like a violent history and that was so surprising for me to hear because as a kid I felt like we were always outside always playing it was kind of like Leah said we didn't grow up in a city it was almost kind of like a little village and I feel like especially for me I'm a first generation here in America so having parents who didn't speak English and living in a neighborhood like Rogers Park where a lot of parents didn't speak English at first was really comforting because you never felt othered versus if I grew up in a neighborhood where the communities were full of families that were multi-generations in a America by then. And like Leah said too, the diversity was really special because we all know Chicago is very segregated despite being super diverse. And even though that can happen in Rogers Park, I found it at least when I was growing up that a lot of cultures merged. And I remember like growing up wearing saris with my Indian friends and experiencing different cultures in a way that a lot of people in America couldn't imagine or would probably call cultural appropriation if they saw it now. So Rogers Park was very much kind of like a fairy tale in that sense. And I think both Leah and I, like bubble broke once we hit high school and saw that the rest of Chicago was super different and not as happy as we were.
0: I love that experience for both of you growing up in that environment and then venturing out and seeing that the rest of the city and other places weren't necessarily like that helped to shape you. You first, Leah.
1: Yeah I think like Iman kind of mentioned that first happened for me and for her which we both reflect on a lot was for high school because we didn't attend high school in Rogers Park. I went to Lincoln Park High School which although it didn't used to be that affluent and wealthy when my mom lived there in like the 80s now it's a pretty affluent and wealthy neighborhood and especially when I went there versus like going to my neighborhood school in Rogers Park where there wasn't really I wouldn't say any necessarily like wealthy kids like it was just kind of middle class like very I feel like Humble Begins like immigrant focused whereas with Lincoln Park I think I was really shocked with the amount of rich people there were but also just the kind of big divide that I felt like was present within that school because it's also in a neighborhood where there used to be housing projects so there's reminiscence of that in some of the kids that go to school there and then there's also kids whose family moved there the last 10 years and live in really expensive homes and condos and then there's kids like me who came from other parts of the city and just seeing all these people interact of different economic and cultural backgrounds, it wasn't the same cohesion and camaraderie that I felt like I saw growing up when I went to Daniel Boone Elementary School in Ross and Rogers Park. It just didn't seem like people were as accepting. It seemed like kids were very much sheltered before that and didn't experience maybe going to school with kids who didn't have a lot of money at all or vice versa. So I think that for me was really shocking. And just to see that... It just wasn't a community and it also felt like this is kind of a weird point, but I just remember a lot of the Lincoln Park community and the neighbors who lived there did not like the high schoolers who went to school, which it get to a certain extent because I think high schoolers can be kind of rambunctious, but it very much felt like it was pointed towards Not the white kids who grew up in Lincoln Park, but kids from the other parts of the city. And that was something I really noticed, which I didn't feel like was an issue in Rogers Park, especially with the schools. And there just was a big like cognitive dissonance between just the kids who went to school there, all the groups of them, and then just the community itself. It didn't feel very inviting overall.
0: And how did you feel like that helped to shape you, Imane?
2: So, I would say that growing up in Rogers Park made me a person who judged people a lot later after I met them. So, a lot of biases that I had weren't like outright as they were for other people who grew up in a neighborhood that had only one race or ethnic group or whatever it is. So, I felt like going into high school, I was super open minded and kind of just like optimistic about the world because of the nature of Rogers Park and how, like Leah said, camaraderie was instilled in us. And then once that bubble gets broken and you hit reality I definitely feel like it took a lot of social adjusting and obviously like learning that would like take to assimilate to a world that isn't so happy and it sounds so crazy to make it seem like we lived in a bubble but we kind of really did and a lot of the people that we interview in our project who grew up in Rogers Park relate to that and they all point to high school or like leaving the neighborhood for schooling as a time when they realized the world was not so happy dandy so I think also that grit that we were taught in Rogers Park made that switch to understanding the real world easy because one thing that Rogers Park taught us a lot was adaptability because the neighborhood, although it stayed the same throughout the years, it also changes a lot, whether it's businesses closing or big groups of people migrating. So I think adaptability made it easy to switch to the real world. And then like everything that Rogers Park taught us about being open and accepting and kind of like being community led, I like reverted to that once I caught up with the real world, if that makes sense. So all in all, despite Rogers Park making it seem like everything was perfect it still gave us the tools we needed to like come to terms with the reality of the city and the country
1: I would say too which I think Iman said which is kind of funny when I think about it now which I don't think I've ever really thought about but when she said the word bubble it's funny because I think bubble when people say they grew up in a bubble it usually implies that you grew up in a pretty homogenous neighborhood or atmosphere where it's people who look like you act like you and that's like the opposite of what we grew up in but it felt like it was a bubble in the sense that it's what I literally thought the world was supposed to be for most of my life that neighborhoods and other people grew up in the similar way that I did and that was not the case so that's just a interesting phrasing yes thank you for that Leah
0: now you've chosen Leah to move to New York and away from Rogers Park and I'm curious how both that's informed your view of Rogers Park having been away now and then also how your time in Rogers Park informs how you view your experience of living in Brooklyn
1: yeah definitely I mean we started this project during COVID when I was back home from college. I went to University of Minnesota, which is in Minneapolis. And so I think there's been a lot of exploring in multiple of the places that I lived outside of Chicago. So whether that be Minneapolis, which is definitely a different city from New York in general and Brooklyn. I think it's really harder in New York to really be community oriented, especially when you didn't grow up here. And I think there are a lot of people like me who are, as they would, I think, self-proclaimed transplants. I mean, I don't really want to say I'm a transplant because I feel like being from a city, that's such an awful way to describe yourself. And that's something I never wanted to be, but it's true. I just think because there are so many people that didn't grow up here that I live here, there's not always that sense of community. And I think because I grew up in Rogers Park, that is something I naturally look for in any area that I live, whether it be when I was in college, which is kind of different just because I was on a college campus. So the community was kind of already established for me. But when I moved to Brooklyn, and I think especially when I got my dog, he's really helped me like get to know my neighbors. And now I'm friends with all these people within a fly block radius to me like people who work at a coffee shop near me the barber who likes to give Jasper treats when we walk by my neighbor George who just sits on his stoop and reads the newspaper with a cup of coffee in the morning so those interactions with my dog have been really amazing and I think since having him and being forced to just circle around the same spots all the time and seeing the same people and sparking up conversation it's further reminded me like this is something that makes me feel comfortable in a place where I actually get to know the people who are just living their everyday life and I have people who I can refer to by name and they know me and I know them or even just by a face and having that recognition is something that when I first moved to New York I missed but I didn't think I realized it because I was so caught up in just like the newness of being in a new place that was big and exciting and then once getting my dog I think I really realized how much I missed it and how much it's something I naturally look for and gravitate for in general.
0: And what made you decide, on to stay in Rogers Park
2: so I still live with my family, both of my parents, and they're a little older. And in our culture, the women tend to live with their family a little longer. So I think that's one subconscious thing for sure. But the second part of it is that I feel like I don't want to leave Rogers Park anytime soon, just because of not only like the comfortability, but the community that Leah references that I built. And a lot of them are like older people in the neighborhood, whether it's neighbors or family members or family friends that I like value that time with them. So I've honestly purposely stay in the neighborhood because of the people and i want to be around them as long as they're here for and i feel like once that chapter closes in life then i can go explore elsewhere but i feel like rogers park is kind of always going to be a home base to me and i remember being a little kid and there'd be those people who we'd know that are like oh i've lived in rogers park for 50 60 years and i'd always think oh i want that to be me Like i want to be able to just be the person who's never left the neighborhood so it's somehow become like a subconscious ambition of mine
0: I'm always amazed, too, at how many Chicagoans that I meet have some connection to Rogers Park, either that they've lived here or they have family here. Yes. And so it's just a fascinating place where so many people seem to end up here at some point or another.
2: Absolutely. Yeah, it's hard not to, honestly.
0: What would you say are some of the challenges facing the neighborhood?
1: I mean, I always think the challenge of any neighborhood, especially when like Rogers Park, which is I think gentrification in general, even though I feel as though compared to places like Uptown or Andersonville or there's so many other places that have experienced pretty rapid gentrification and the people who have lived there for generations have been ultimately kicked out because of these really expansive high rises that are kind of fancy and they're attracting people who are looking for more affordable housing and Rogers Park has always been known, I think, for having affordable housing and also providing some of the best spots in the city because you're right next to the lake. There's no highway blocking it. You also have amazing local food. So something that I always get nervous about with Rogers Park, and it's, I think, something that I sometimes even get nervous with what we do because we focus on celebrating the neighborhood is sometimes I worry that maybe we're showing too much of it. And I want people to move to Rogers Park, but under the pretext that they're not gonna change it in that way and I mean even seeing Heartland Cafe be knocked down and that lot and space people into a condo is really upsetting I don't even remember ever really any of the food I've had there but it just was always there and it was such an essential part of growing up in Rogers Park he's like everyone knew the Heartland and seeing that it's no longer there and I get off at Morse and I'm like well I can't be like meet me in front of the Heartland or this or that it's really upsetting so I think that for me is something that I get concerned about is the gentrification of it which I'm really happy that it hasn't been too much thus far which is also surprising given that there's Loyola right there and I feel like there's an incentive to build kind of like low cost high rises and housing and replace these kind of neighborhood gems so that's something I always worry about I think for me and just because the great part about Rogers Park is that it almost seems ungentrifiable, and I really hope that it can stand the test of time I'm unsure if it will but that's something I think I just always worry about I can build
2: on that too. Like Leah touched on a little bit, I think one of the challenges is like keeping small businesses open. I think obviously a lot of that has to do with COVID and then the other reasons, sometimes I think based on conversations we've had with people we've interviewed and people we know, sometimes like obviously we all wanna leave our neighborhood and not that Rogers Park people don't support their businesses, but sometimes there's so many because Rogers Park is such a family business spot that they either don't have the marketing support to get their name out there so people know about them or they're just like too long of list to support and people don't have the money to do so and again I think a lot of that has to do with COVID and I think COVID has hit Rogers Park in a pretty nasty way because just like the essence of connecting like even though people still connected during the pandemic maybe in ways that were unsafe some might say they also like definitely stopped connecting and obviously I think human morale has just changed over the last couple of years and that's such a big part of Rogers Park is people wanting to go out and connect and if the state of the world has decreased, like that also changes Rogers Park. So again, I think Rogers Park has a spirit that can be broken. And like Leah said, it's pretty ungentrifiable. and I hope we don't jinx that. So I think like as time goes on, the community will do what it does and rebuild that spirit. But I think those are kind of like the main challenges. And I will say we do have a lot of interviewees that complain about like the lack of organized community connection. And I know we all agree that Rogers Park is really good on community in the random. Like just going outside and connecting with people. But there are a lot of people who wish there were more organizations that connected people cross culture in organized ways. So that's just something I thought was interesting that people bring up.
0: You mentioned the pandemic and I know that you started your project of interviewing residents during the pandemic. What was the inspiration for starting that?
2: yeah that's actually one of our favorite stories like Leah said she came back to Rogers Park from Minneapolis during the pandemic in 2020 whatever it was and once we got to the point in the summertime where you could meet up with people like socially distanced the whole six foot mass thing we would meet up often in Chippewa Park which is in West Rogers Park and that community has a largely orthodox Jewish population right around those maybe six or seven blocks so it's densely populated in that way in terms of diversity we were at the park when day and we just happened to catch a very diverse group of people like I said they were orthodox Jewish kids they were young women in hijabs there were people of all different races and they were all playing together we were so inspired that in a time especially in 2020 when there was so much social conversation going on that was creating a lot of divide and conflict and people were just upset people were finding joy in such small ways in Rogers Park and we were like maybe we should document this because Leah had had semblances of this idea in high school and we just never got around to it and we both just happened to have the time and energy of course to do it because it was the pandemic and we had nothing better to do so it was like the perfect moment for it but Leah I don't know if you want to add anything else to that.
1: No I think you explained it perfectly Iman always explains it in our interviews with interviewees when we set up so she's really good at explaining the story now I sometimes forget little
0: tidbits. How do you decide who to approach about doing an interview?
2: I remember very clearly when we first started we were doing mostly just street interviews and in terms of who we approached we tended not to wear people who had earphones on or were on the phone or were doing something that made them busy or were sleeping at the beach but other than that we literally approached anybody and anyone we could find at the beach and we would tell them our names introduce ourselves tell them what the project was and then we'd ask their permission to interview them and take their photo and I would probably say like eight times out of ten people said yes obviously like they were some people who weren't comfortable with being photographed or who didn't feel like having a conversation that day, but we never had any like rejection, which I think is what helped us feel like we could approach anybody. And then once Leah moved to New York and the winter hit, we decided to switch or at least have the option of pulling people from online. So we created a Google form that basically lets people tell us their name, their email, their connection to Rogers Park, and then like their availability. And based on those forms, we'll reach out to these people and schedule as zoom interviews and then do photos and then we advertise this form sometimes through flyers or just on our instagram and also we source from like our family and friends too when we need interviews where we ask people to refer us a lot too and usually people just end up finding us we usually have at least like two people we find a month so that's kind of how we pull participants but Leah, you can add to that if you'd like
1: Yeah, I think like the reason why I didn't remember specifically with pulling people in person is because there really wasn't any criteria besides what Iman listed if like someone actually looked busy. But most of the time if people were just hanging out and looking like they were inviting, which I don't think is hard to look inviting in Roger's park, like no one really felt closed off. We would just go up to them and yeah, like she said eight times out of ten, it was usually a pretty positive response. So there really isn't any criteria that we have if you're there. And you look friendly, and you're willing to talk to us, and we're willing to talk to you.
0: How was the experience of doing those interviews and hearing people's stories impacted both of you?
1: I think, for me at least, it was always really interesting. I think that's something I really miss about doing in-person interviews, which we try to do when I come back in town, because I usually come back in the summers and in the winters. But I think something about in-person interviews specifically is how intimate the stories and the conversation can feel, even when you just met someone and you just kind of bombarded them by asking them if you could interview them. And some of our most memorable stories have been from those in-person interviews where one and we're asking them if we could talk to them about selling, and they're asking us about the project, and they're kind of confused. And then we're finding out about how long they lived here, their deep history and deep love for the neighborhood. And I think one example I always think of is it was one of the first stories we posted, but I always think about it. It was a group of people who worked with us in the project at first. We all were hanging out at was it albion beach iman i think it was albion beach and we saw these two women sitting on a bench watching the sunset and we just decided i don't know there was something about them and i was like i really want to talk to them i feel like they would be really fun and interesting to talk to and they were best friends who would come to that same bench for years and they both lived in the neighborhood for years and it felt like their relationship not only them as individuals but their relationship was deeply connected to the neighborhood and yeah over 30 years yeah so it was one of those things that it was it's beautiful to see not only how individuals are impacted by the relationship with the neighborhood but also how people's relationships evolve with the neighborhood itself and that they have these routines with certain spots in the neighborhood and that their friendship really revolves around the neighborhood just as much as it revolves around each other and I just remembered that interview sitting there and just being like I can't believe we got to speak to two people who have been at that bench for 30 years just based off of looking at them and being like I think they would be cool to speak to like maybe we should try it and I think one of them said something like I've cried in almost all the coffee shops in the area and just hearing something like that which is such an intimate detail to share with someone is a really beautiful thing that I don't think I get to experience very often in conversation with people especially my first conversation with someone so I think that has just been really influential and it's a really beautiful thing for people to become that intimate with someone especially when it revolves around just talking about a neighborhood and it shows how deeply people are connected to Roger park the in-person ones definitely have a certain charm to them
2: because of course there's nothing better than like talking to someone in real life but i find that like both whether it's on zoom or in person the interviews are always so inspiring (laughs) which sounds corny or dramatic but the fact that people are willing to share like leah said so much of their lives with us because obviously we talk about the neighborhood, but that means we talk about their relationships that led them to the neighborhood or the deaths they've experienced in the neighborhood or just the revelations they've had about life. Like we've had people cry on interviews. We've cried on interviews. So there's like nothing more human than it and them sharing their stories with us. It definitely feels like a big pressure sometimes because they can seem like Instagram posts that people swipe through really quickly, but everybody we talk to like really values the fact that their story lives there and that people can go on the page and kind of see that these are the people who make up the neighborhood or made of the neighborhood so it feels very special and like an honor that people trust us with their stories and it also is very humbling because you realize how many of us live the same lives like all of the interviews we have are essentially the same story just different iterations of it and even though they're all very unique like very very unique people are all the same so i think that's kind of like a cool thread that's been shown to us and Yeah. They're also just for me personally, I work from home now since like 2021 and I used to work retail and I was always with people. So I definitely miss the human interaction. And I think this project helps fill that void for sure.
0: Have you been surprised at how generous people are about sharing their stories and how open they are?
2: Yes, for sure. Sometimes I'm like, wow, like, I can't believe you're telling me that, but not in a bad way at all. People will open up like about losing family and inheriting homes or like breakups and like still staying in Rogers Park. And people always usually apologize before telling us something. And I feel like that's true to like Rogers Park essence, too. We never want to burden each other, but then like once that connection is established, I'm always in awe of how much people will share. And we're very like transparent about what we'll include in the story or not, so like we let them know to tell us what they want included or if something's kind of like an off-the-record comment, too.
1: When I reflect on how personal people get, I think at first I was surprised, and then as I think about the people in the neighborhood, it becomes a little more unsurprising, just because I think these are conversations I've had with people. Similar conversations, I get very personal very quickly in Rogers Park. Just this time we happened to be like recording it. And I kind of realized like this is actually, I think, a normal conversation that I would have if I just ended up meeting someone at the beach one day or at the supermarket and we started talking. So it's nice to kind of have a reason to record and really keep these stories and cherish them.
0: I'm struck too you by what you said, Aman, about just the similarity in people's stories despite the difference in their backgrounds and their life experiences.
2: Yeah, I feel like we've seen like themes come up. Like there are people who move here with a partner and then they break up and then they end up staying. And then there are people who grew up here and they inherited their family's home. And there are people who moved away for college, loved you so much and came back. And it's only like three or four storylines. But like you said, it's the details that make it so unique because all of those people are from different places, have different family structures and so on.
0: What do you see as the future of this project? How do you see it evolving going forward?
1: I feel like this is one of the few things in my life that I try not to be very future oriented about. It's one of the things that I'm very present and focused on the moment. Just because when I think about the future of this project, I have no idea how it's going to evolve. And that's kind of the fun thing about this. And I don't know, I just hope we can continue sharing these stories and continue to uplift voices of community members and really showing people the importance of cherishing community. And that's something that I would love to keep doing for as long as possible and I kind of just hope we continue doing kind of the same thing which sounds maybe a little bit boring of an answer but I love what we do and I don't know if I really want to change much of it I don't know if you feel the same Iman
2: it would be really bad if I didn't, but I do feel the same way. I think I'm also very much like I like the structure and the way we deliver our stories now. And I think we're both open to ways the project can evolve if it means like taking on different platforms or like collaborating with different people for like one off projects. I think we're always open to that. But I think like Leah said, the essence is just to continue telling the stories. And of course, we would hope that over time we reach more people. And if we get even granular with it, I know we both have a Desire to highlight more restaurants and businesses. So if any Rogers Park business owner hears this, hit us up. And I think that kind of covers it. Yeah, like Leah said, like just continuing to tell stories and hopefully tell as many as we can. I think right now we're near 100. It would be cool to say one day we're near 500.
0: Thank you both for taking time to talk and to share your stories. And also thank you for all you're doing to share the stories of people in Rogers Park as well.
2: Thank you so much. This was such a fun convo and thanks for being interested and chatting with us. It was such a cool conversation.